Thank you for joining us for another lesson of Antioch Fellowship Church in Florence, South Carolina. We are reaching the lost, making disciples and enjoying life. We pray that this lesson is a blessing to you as you walk in your God-given purpose. Now, here is the message. Before we begin, I, I have to tell you a little story, and it kind of leads up into this. In 1975 through 1978, I was honored to um, to be chosen as the drum major for South Carolina State University. So, <clears throat> you know, as the drum major, you know, you have to kind of know all the instruments. You have to kind of know uh, you have to be able to tell when they're in tune, when they're not in tune. You have to be able, you don't have to play them, but you have to be able to know when they sound right. Well, some people think that because you are the drum major, that you played the drums. On Monday night, we came out for choir rehearsal. And the congas were sitting right here. And the, the minister of music says, well, Doug, you're going to be, you know, Elder, you're going to be our drummer tonight. What he didn't know is that I had never played drums in my life. So guess what the drums sound like? Y'all remember, you, you remember the old Hollywood Indian, cowboy and Indian mu um, movies where the Indians do the war dance? <laughs> That's what he got. <laughs> That is all he got all Monday night. Y'all noticed that the drum, that the congas are back where they need to be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, we just, I just told, I, I told Minister that I was going to have some fun with him. And thank you for uh, being a good sport. Because if we don't laugh at ourselves, you know, if we can't laugh at ourselves, you know, something is wrong. And so I, I had to laugh at me. I, I the drum, the, mm-mm, mm-mm. I can march, not no more. I can. I could do the split. I could dance. Mm. I could blow a whistle, and I could play a trumpet. I never played a drum. All right. Let us pray. Let us go before the Father. Oh, gracious Father, we pause now to thank you. We thank you, dear God, for your presence here. We thank you, dear God, for this word that's coming forth. We thank you, Lord, as we dwell into your word to God, that you will open the hearts, open all of our hearts and open all of our minds to receive. Lord. Help us, Lord, to walk in this word, help it to be edifying, help it to be a word, dear God, that is uplifting. Help us, dear God, to be uplifted and to be changed in, in a positive way so that we can fully fully worship and praise you for we understand that we were created to worship you it is in Jesus' name that we pray amen today well you know pastor has uh pastor has been talking and I, uh, it was last week that he uh began he began a series faith for kingdom living faith for kingdom living Today, I would like to continue with that, if y'all don't mind. You know, not with faith for kingdom living, but basically the role of faith 
to talk to you about the role of faith, the purpose of faith as we trust in God. The purpose of faith or the role of faith as we trust in God. Now, our foundational scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. And I like to kind of start right there. See, because we need to know what the definition of faith is. In order to have an understanding of it, you need to kind of know exactly what it is. Do you agree with me? Okay. <clears throat> now, I think I gave the wrong scripture there. Um, I know me and in my writing. Yes, 11 and 1. I wrote down two, two 11s. Two ones. There we go. And <clears throat> faith, um, scriptures, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, gives the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. And on the screen you see now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things not seen. The Webster Dictionary, the Webster Dictionary describes faith as a complete trust or confidence in someone or something, a strong belief in God or the doctrines of religion. Another definition, and I'm not going to take issue with that definition, but I need to go there for just one second, because another definition says that that faith is a strong belief in God based on a spiritual apprehension rather than proof. How many times do you hear people try to, to box in faith? You know, <clears throat> they say that faith is a strong apprehension based on uh, not based on uh, spiritual apprehension, based on uh, spiritual apprehension. Let me back up. Strong belief in God based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. They say, y'all know who they are, right? They, they in parentheses, y'all do the quotes. Everybody, everybody raise your hand, do the quotes. They say, they say, it is a spiritual apprehension for us to say, like in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, for by grace have you been saved through faith and not for ourselves, but it is a gift of God. They say it is a spiritual apprehension that we believe that by faith we understand that worlds were formed by the word of God, our spiritual apprehension. They say that it is a spiritual apprehension that we believe or that we say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
if they say that that's a spiritual apprehension for me to believe that, however, I'll take the other, the synonym, the synonym of spiritual apprehension, and I will call it faith. I believe, and I'd like to submit for your belief, that God created the heavens and the earth. That before the world was created, the word was. The same faith, I believe that the same faith that carried Moses, Job, Isaiah, Micah, Matthew, that's, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, that same faith that we read about in Hebrews, that same faith that we read about in Romans, that same faith that existed over 2,000 years ago exists today. And not only does it exist today, but it is just as strong. And so our, I don't know about it being a spiritual apprehension. I think that our faith is more than a spiritual apprehension. Amen? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Can we believe that? Now, if we can believe that, ask a question. You don't have to answer, but what are you hoping for? Each of us has hopes and dreams. Some of our hopes and some of our dreams are so vivid that we can see them. You know, one of my favorite songs, well, it's a reprise in a song, was sung by Israel and Newbreed, where they said, say what you see until you see what you say. Your faith is your belief that God will manifest those things that you see in your life. Your faith is the substance of things hoped for. In Romans, it is says that each of us were given a measure of faith. Is that right? Okay. But how many of us know that God does not want us to stay in one place? You know, God wants us to move from place to place. You know, the first time that I was up here, you know, we, we you know, the message was, the title of the message was move it, move it, move it. Okay. Telling us to, we, we, we need to move from, you can start here, but in God, not only, you know, he doesn't want us just to move from side to side, but he wants us to elevate ourselves. So, <clears throat> would you turn to Luke chapter 17, verse 5? Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. And... The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Can you say that with me? Increase our faith. 
Next verse. And the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea. Now, let's take a look at that, my brothers and sisters. How many of you have ever seen a mustard seed? Just by raising your hand, have you ever seen a mustard seed? Truly, the mustard seed is the size of a watermelon, right? Truly, the mustard seed may be the size of a cantaloupe. A mustard seed must be the size of a tomato. Tomato, tomato. Is it the size of a tomato? The size of a cucumber. A mustard seed if I'm right, is one of the smallest seeds that there is. You could put one on my thumb or you can put one on your thumb. You know, we, we and I think about it, and we had a, we had a saying, you know, when you used to play the doubles, the, the, the dozens, you know, that, you know, the, the saying was, if they put your brain if if they put your brain on a piece of paper, it'll look like a BB running down a uh, going down a four lane highway. So the mustard seed would look like if you put it on a piece of paper, it, it's the head of a pen. It looks like the head of a pen. Now, how much faith is that? Come, let's put it in. Let, let's 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 bring it to spirit. How much how much faith is that? You know, when when and and if you have the faith of a mustard seed and you can say to a mulberry tree, you know, be pulled up by its roots. Let me put you thinking for just one second. Doctors say that we only use two percent of our brain. Right now, let's 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 picture this. First of all, take off my big ears. Don't y'all laugh when I talk about my big ears. (laughs) Take off my big ears and put a hundred squares on my head. I'll put a hundred sheet of paper with a hundred squares on your head. Imagine that. And the doctor says that you're only using two of those squares. So if I look at it, if I, I can look at it like this. With the squares, 100 squares, I can use one eye or two eyes and nothing else. That's 2%. Or I can use an eye and half of a nose. That's 2%. That's 2% of my brain. I can use an eye over here and half of my mouth. That would be 2% of my brain. So what I'm saying to you is, if we have if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is a minute amount of faith, how much more could we do? How much more could we be? How much more could we have? How much more could God bless us if we use more than the mustard seed faith? So how do you build your faith? Let's talk about building our faith. First. As I've said, the Bible states that we have we all have a measure of faith. Now, some examples of the faith that you work with this morning. 
you had faith that you were going to wake up this morning. Amen. You had faith that the water was going to be running in your house. You had faith that your transportation mechanism was going to operate. You had a measure of faith. Now, think about if one of those things didn't happen, what would that do to your faith? What would that do to your faith? Think about it. If you, you know, you filled your car with gas yesterday, everything was fine. You parked it in the driveway and all of a sudden you walked outside this morning and it didn't crank. But yet you had faith that your car was going to crank. How would you feel? <clears throat> How would you feel? How do you build your faith? How do you answer that statement in Mark? Where Mark wrote, have faith in God. There are three areas to building your faith. One is knowledge. Number two is belief. And the third is trust. Now, knowledge is the intellectual understanding of facts. That's all knowledge is. The assimilation of facts. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 14, you can put that on the screen if you would. It says, how shall they believe him or how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? When we talk about it and how should they believe, how how then how should they call on him whom they have not believed? And then how should they believe in him who they have not heard? Now, knowledge is essential to building your faith. I have to be informed of a fact before I can believe that fact. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I have to be informed of a fact before I can believe that fact. We have to know in our knower that God exists. We have to know in our knower as, as sons and daughters of God, as believers, we have to know that Jesus Christ is his son who died for the remission of our sins and that he rose from the dead with all power in his hand. We have to know that. That is the basis of our spiritual faith. We have to know that. We have to know this. We have, we have to know these facts in order to believe this fact. The Bible states, that they that know you shall put their trust in you. Our knowledge is essential to our faith, and we must know the name of God. We must know the person of Jesus Christ. We must develop a love of and for God. So faith begins with knowledge. Once we have attained knowledge, we must believe that those things are true. How many of you believe that God is love? 
Amen. The soul believes that God is. I believe within my knower of knower that God hears my prayers. You should believe that God hears your prayers. Now, I'm going to stop right here because a lot of times I will say I. Or I will say you. And I want you to know that they are synonymous, especially when I'm up here. Because my eyes are you. And you, if I'm pointing at you, then I'm pointing three fingers back at myself. So I can't be talking to you without talking to me. Amen. All right. I believe or we we should believe that God hears our prayers and our prayers are only a conversation with God. You know, sometimes we have a you know what we we do. We have a, a Facebook prayer. We have a Facebook prayer line. And I, you know, of course, I want to thank everybody who answers, uh, who, who listens and answers those prayers and so forth. But sometimes we get questions like that. How can I pray? My answer is just have a conversation. Just have a conversation. Just talk to God. Talk to him as your friend because he is your friend. You know, and a lot of us who a lot of us who have been churched. You know, I, I, I'm one of those that I've been in church all my life. So not this church now. I'm, I'm a little bit older than this church. All right. But I've been in church all my life. And I had to come and realize, you know, back in the days when I went to church, you know, we dealt with the original King James version of the Bible. Okay. And if you've ever opened or or read any part of the King James Version of the Bible, you know, the 23rd Psalm says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. It's that old English, you know, um, our father which art in heaven, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, the these, the thys, the, the, the thous, the so forth and so on. You know, we don't talk like that. God, the God that we serve, that we serve, although he understands the old English, he also understands Ebonics. So if you if you say ain't God understand that means it is not. If he say if you say y'all, which I do a lot, then he understands that means you all. So you in your conversation with God that you talk to God the way that you talk to God. Oh, let me get back to the knowledge here. <laughs> get back to belief here. We believe We believe that Jesus is the son of God. We believe that Jesus is our savior. We believe that he's our redeemer. We believe that he's the prophet. We believe that he is the priest. We believe that he is the Lord of his people. We have to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. These are the spiritual truths that we believe. We believe these truths 
as much as the mathematicians believe that one plus one equals two. And there's no way that you can sway them. Really, you know, can't sway me. One plus one equals two. Now, if you add something to it, then that's going to be something two. But one plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four. Two times two equals four. <laughs> Thousand is spelled T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. That's, that's for y'all who are going to give you tithes, all right, man? Write the check, all right? <laughs> these beliefs, these beliefs, the, 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 our beliefs don't change. They don't alter. Our spiritual beliefs do not change. They do not alter. They do not move from place to place. So we have knowledge. We have belief. The third aspect, the third aspect of faith is trust. Now, Dr. Harris said this, and I'm, you know, Dr. Harris said this, I believe this, and, you know, in our studies, you know, it, it has been proven. Faith and trust are not the same. Now, <clears throat> many of us use it, use those words interchangeably. Basically, you, you know, it, it, it kind of depends on the situation, but faith and trust are not the same. Miles Monroe said in one of his sermons that faith produces trust. Faith, brothers and sisters, defy logic. Faith defies logic. Faith is the belief in something without logical. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus died on the cross. How many of you saw Jesus died on the cross? Faith defies logic. How many of you believe that Jesus went to the mountaintop and that he was tempted by Satan? Satan told him to throw himself off. How many of you believe that? How many of you? See, logic is goes to what we can touch, see, feel. That's logic. Our faith goes beyond that. Our faith goes beyond that. But we're not talking about faith again. We need to get to the trust part. Let me get to the trust part. Trust is a reliance on the character or the integrity of another. Would you go to, go, go, to my favorite scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. And most of us can, most of us can probably recite that one by heart. Was it say, trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart and lean what? Lean not. On your own understanding. Faith in God. Or trust in God. <clears throat> excuse me. Faith in God. 
tells me that God is able. Okay. Trust in God teaches us to rely on God, to his character, to his his integrity. What is God doing? What is God doing in your life? What is God doing in my life? I don't know. Not exactly. I don't know who he's going to use, if he uses anybody. But I do know, I do know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. To those who are created according to his purpose. And that is scripture. I mean, you can turn to Romans 8, (laughs) chapter 28. I don't know. I do know that God, I do know that God is all seeing. I do know that God is all knowing. I do know that God loves me. I hope you know that, you know, and we could use and we could use those words, you know, omnipotent, omniscient, all seeing, all knowing. But I do know that I can trust God. I can trust his word. His word never changes regardless of the circumstances. He said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And you know what? He never left me, even when I deserved to be left. God is not a man, and he cannot lie, so I can trust him. He can do exceedingly, abundantly more than I can ever ask or think. So yes, I trust him. I will trust his character. I will trust his integrity. I will trust in the Lord. You know, um, James Fortune did that song, trust. I will trust. I will trust in you. So Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. But to build faith, build your faith, increase your faith by using the knowledge of God, the belief, the belief that God is. And then you put your trust, you put your trust in him. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I never like to end a broadcast without giving people the opportunity to know Jesus. In other words, to become a part of the kingdom. Nicodemus asked Jesus, what should a man do to be saved in the kingdom of God? Then he told him, you must be born again. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. So we want to pray a prayer with you. If you pray this prayer and believe in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. Just say this with me. Say, dear God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He died for my sins and he was buried and you raised him from the dead. Now, Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. I'm born again. I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus name. Amen. Ma'am or sir, if you said that prayer and you really believe it in your heart, why don't you inbox us, uh, call us 
and we'll send you some information to help you with your Christian walk. Our phone number is 843-629-9710. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you as you walk in your God-given purpose. Your support, love, and prayers are essential to Antioch Fellowship Church as we continue to reach the lost, make disciples, and enjoy life. Please visit us at www.antiochchurchonthemove.org.